Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The men's tournament at the Australian Open was defined by matches that went to five sets. And so at its climax, it was entirely fitting that last night went the distance. Sinner backhand cross court. Medvedev backhand cross court. Up the line by Sinner. Cross court forehand. Medvedev up the line by Sinner. And it finishes in style off his forehand. That has been the absolute devastating wing in this tournament at full stretch. Yannick Sinner, it's the most appropriate shot to make him a Grand Slam champion. For sure, it takes a little a little while to process everything, but I'm extremely happy how how I handled also today's situation. Court was was very very tough, and but I think the most important part was 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 the support I had throughout these two weeks. Um, I felt that many, many people were watching also uh, from home uh, in the TV, so I I just tried my best. Uh, I, um, I was a little bit <laughs> in trouble today uh, with uh, two sets to love down, and, and I just tried to stay, stay positive. From two sets down, Yannick Sinner produced the most wonderful Australian Open final comeback. 12-time major champion Mark Woodford joins me this morning. Uh, Mark, great to have you on the program. Welcome back. Uh, thank you. It's, a, it's been an exhausting Australian Open, but not as exhausting for some. I think there are going to be some really tired, exhausted bodies this morning. Daniel Medvedev will be one of those. Was it a satisfying yeah. climax to, to what had been a terrific tournament? I think so. I, I think this Australian Open is going to be um, known, in particular on the men's side, for the amount of five-setters, you know, from the beginning of the tournament right through to the end. And I think to, to, to finish in the uh, penultimate match with a with the final that went five sets, dramatically, you know, two sets to love for, um, Medvedev had and... Um, you know, the, the young buck uh, claws his way back. So um, just a, a really, truly memorable tournament. And, of course, then to see, you know, Sabalenka um, continue on, you know, with her success here in Melbourne. Was it deserving that the man who beat Djokovic so comprehensively is the man who lifts the tournament at the end, uh, the uh, trophy at the end? Well, when you consider that, you know, at the end of last year, uh, played him three times in the span of 10 days. And, and I think that set tongues wagging uh, in, in the world of tennis that, you know, here is uh, a serious contender. You know, it's not often that, yet, uh, that Novak Djokovic uh, loses twice in the span of 10 days to one individual. Um, but, but Yannick, you know, just set the tone. 
And and I think, yeah, as as you say, you know, for him to go on and, and take the title after beating Djokovic, I, th- I think is the perfect story. Just give us the flow of the final, Woody, before we really focus in on Sinner. How did Medvedev build his two sets to love lead? He came out and gave everything that his body could muster. Um, you know, I, I thought tactically he played smart. He closed the court down a little different. I mean, there was so much um, focus during the tournament with Medvedev, how far back he stands to return serve. And in rally mode, he, he's back there, strong bullet cannon-like um, forehands and backhands. But the final, it seemed like he wanted to uh, go with tactics a little different, close the court down so that he didn't have to chase the ball as much. It meant that the ball was coming off of his racket a little quicker and it got down to Sinner's end of the court sooner. And uh, I think he took time away from the young Italian who I have to say was a little, must, it looked like he was surprised. I mean, our, our bunker, as you know, very well know, I mean, we, we get an up close and look at the, the visual reactions of the guys. And I think Sinner was a little shell-shocked. Plus, he had to deal with that this was his first final. So that combination allowed um, Medvedev to build that two sets to love lead. But I think at that stage is when, you know, maybe that body um, and and potentially his mind, it just started to uh, go in the wrong direction for him. Just the power uh, from the serve. He wasn't able to get the three points. Um, The rallies started to elongate and he couldn't just the weight of shot started to uh, provide too much time for Sinner to create uh, an opportunity in the rally. So it was sad to watch. It was exciting. But I tell you, there's a lot of hearts that are going to Danny Medvedev this morning. Yeah. So uh, he was asked to play more sets than anyone previously. So there, there is that element is d- did he run out of puff? Yeah, yeah. I look at that was always going to be the question mark: is how was he going to recover? Um, I I felt like the first set, if if he was going to play a part in the final, he had to take the first set. Which look, he 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 came out and just put a hundred percent effort into controlling the rally, and and it paid off. I, I was a tad surprised that he took that two set to love leave lead, but um, yeah, I I, I think. You know, he's only 27. He's, he's still a youngster himself. But the fact that he had played six more hours than his opponent, who is also, you know, only 21, 22 years of age, had come through the tournament uh, with relative ease, uh, only dropping that set against the number one player in the semifinals. But, you know, kind of fresh as a daisy. So I, in the end, I think fitness... Um, did play a part, and uh, it, it was Yannick Sinner's title. His shot making as those sets drew on was was beautiful. Oh, what what are it, the qualities that most strike you about Sinner's game? Well, that just the ball striking ability, how cleanly it comes off the face of the racket. I mean, I I had the the wonderful experience of of watching the the Davis Cup match last year, uh, where Djokovic had match point. Um, the, the hitting from both players was just incredible. And when you get to sit in, in some prime seating, I mean, you, you're you in awe. Um, but, but Yannick just, I mean, his movement is smooth. The athletic ability probably from, you know, generally going down the slopes uh, 
in, in northern Italy as a youngster, um, yeah. has, has helped with his movement, his athleticism, um, and he's composed. I mean, I think that's what also caught my attention last night is there, there was concern on his face, but he remained composed. He didn't panic, overly panic. He just kept his head down. And just to have that connection with his team sitting in the box, led by Darren Cahill, who has worked with players who've been through this experience. And I think that just that, uh, that, that bond was able to, you know, help him get through. But, but certainly he has a game that is big hitting. He can hit winners. I mean, the flurry of forehand winners uh, at the end of the match. I mean, he hit 22 forehand winners. Um, he was probably a bit restrained in the first two sets. But that was the play of Medvedev that stopped um, the, the shot-making of Sinner. But um, he, he stood up to the challenge. And, uh, yeah, and I think he's confident now. He's just a regular guy, Jerry. He just, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it is quite remarkable. And, and uh, now, the, winning the title, um, Italian tennis is riding very high, being Davis Cup champions as well. Um, you know, we'll see how he goes. But I'm not sure I'd want to be in his shoes the next time they play Novak Djokovic. <laughs> the, just the, the Italian pedigree in the men's side of things. So we're talking the 50s, 60s in French Opens and the 70s. So just the third Italian man to do it, as you point out, the Davis yeah. Cup champion. What does it mean for, for Italian tennis? Well, Italian tennis has, as you say, been yearning for... I mean, they've had champion tennis players, but they haven't been able to produce Grand Slam winners. And, and much like the French, since Yannick Noah, there's, there's been uh, a, a little barren. Um, they've had players, and, and the Italians on both the men and the women's side um, have had depth of talent, but they just haven't got that, that one to be able to push through. So since Adriano Panatta and Nicola Pietrangeli, it's been some time I, again, have to, to say, when I, I've been at certain tournaments and Davis Cup matches where Italy is playing, these great champions from previous generations have come to support today's generation. And it is support. Um, it, it means so much. I know, I'm aware that they're traveling around already, having won the Davis Cup last year. They're, they're traveling with the trophy around the country because it means so much to them to be... The, the men's champion in the, the team competition. And now with, with Yannick, I think this will, will set, um, set the country alight. I think he'll, he'll have a hero's reception when he gets back. Um, and hopefully it inspires, you know, some youngsters as well. I mean, they do have wonderful depth um, of, of um, competition there. And, and you have to give a lot of credit to their federation who have really sunk finances into all levels of tennis. They're not just trying to put on the Italian Open. It, the, the money, the, the support, it trickles down to the, the starting gates of men's tennis and women's tennis, which is the futures level. For Sinner himself, so 22 years of age, he'd spent a year in quarterfinals at majors, and then last year he graduated to the semifinal at Wimbledon. He has the great end of season, start of season here. What 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 does it mean? Is this? I, I notice people are sort of talking about ushering in the new era and the like. Yep. How how profound a moment could this be? Well, Yannick has hasn't been in any, in any rush, and I think that's what uh, has endeared himself to 
a, a lot of people who follow tennis and, and closely associated with it. Um, you know, for a number of years, he worked with a coach, Ricardo Piatti, who ha has uh, coached some um, brilliant tennis players in his time. But he wor began working with Yannick and he was in no rush. There wasn't, it wasn't a, um, the focus of trying to win major tournaments. He wanted to develop his game so that he had a strong base level and that could also provide longevity. So I think since he's begun, he made it a team change, took on this uh, new coach, Simone Vagnozzi, who is the head coach, brought on Darren Cahill as well, and uh, he has a, a team of trainers. I think it, you, you know the confidence that now, um, from knocking on the door over the, on the door the last couple of years, um, and he's learned. Um, I, I still stand by that saying, when you win, you win. When you lose, you learn. Yep. He's had some losses. He's been close to with Alcaraz at, at a couple of other slams, and um, but now he can stand alone. So um, the, the, the guy has a game that can adapt to the other surfaces as well, and that's the input of Darren Cahill. Um, the fact that Darren you know, knows his way around uh, 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 the grass courts, He's tried to help Yannick with transitioning to the volley. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, Roland Garros, he's brought up on that surface. I, I, I think he can really challenge um, and go deep in all of the slams. Whether he can, you know, that body of his, because it looks a little slender, doesn't yeah, it? At yep. times it's, um, but it's incredible timing um, that, that he manages. He gets himself to the, into position so wonderfully well. So I, I, I think this, this is a guy that if Novak Djokovic starts to be more vulnerable um, and that aging process is, is bound to happen, I think you've got to look at Alcaraz and certainly Yannick Sinner as the next two champions. He'll always have a special place in the hearts of Australians, having won his first here. The tournament as a whole, Mark, so more than a million people through the gates. Feels to me like the Australian Open has built it, it out. Spring carnivals, the spring carnival now, is there's so much around it, as well as the tennis and the innovation, some of which are, are being resisted and some of which are being yeah. embraced. How would you uh, give us an insight into how you viewed the two weeks of this year's tournament here? Uh, I, I, I agree that this year it certainly felt like that we were back to normal um, after the years, you know, bouncing back from COVID, um, you know, probably international visitors may be a little hesitant to, to come down. But I felt like this season um, in, in the lead up tournaments as well, um, the Australian summer of tennis has rebounded magnificently. And as you also pointed out, the Australian Open it does a, a great job of trying to be innovative and move forward um, and modernise um, uh, the tournament. But they also have to balance uh, that the manage that it is tennis. You can't have, you know, well, people just coming through. Uh, there was a discussion about a couple of the party courts and, and how that was interrupting the flow of tennis on no, you know, players started to, no, I don't want to be on that court. Please don't schedule me. Yeah. I, I don't want to have to put up with the, the circus atmosphere. So, uh, you know, as long as um, the officials, they, they reassess um, and, and, you know, take on board the feedback uh, and also try to remember that it is the Australian Open. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful that we have the international flavour, but at times... I think, you know, even with the, the commentary, it, it gets very international. We have a, a, a great 
um, support crew of Australians that actually, you know, can get involved in the tournament. But um, at, at times I, I felt frustrated listening on TV and you, you're hearing John McEnroe and you're hearing Jim Courier. I'm like, well, can we hear from some Australians? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we've got to remember that it is the Australian Open too. The last, well, not the last, but the next of Craig Tiley's ideas that he's floated in today's Herald Sun is scrapping the let. What was, uh, what's yeah. your initial reaction to that? Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I think that the uh, concern over the lets has been, you know, in our sport, the questioning of it. I, I know in the US collegiate system, um, they don't uh, play lets at all. Um, I think they've sampled it with the uh, next generation tournament for the for the youngsters on the ATP finals. Um, yeah, I, I think you know ways of just trying to reduce these elongated matches as well. Um, it's pretty hard, you know, to bring in patrons when and they're sitting in their seats for you know three and a half, four hours sometimes with the men's matches. I think there are ways that they can cut down um, the in between um, and let's certainly will will be helpful to that. Um, I, I'm glad that I'm not out there playing because uh, I have played an event many years ago when there were no lets, and I just kept hitting the ball back to the purse when the, when the let came, saying, yeah, here, take two, and then they went up and just you know slammed the ball away for a winner. So I think it's going to take some adjustment if they do bring that in, but um, there you go. That's the, the innovative thought process of the Australian Open. Would you do it? If you're in charge, would you do it? I would seriously take a look at it. Yep. Yes, definitely. And I, and I would even take a look at, um, you, you know, keeping the players, you know, the, the change of ends after the first game. It's not supposed to be a sit-down. You're supposed to change ends. And, and I think we there is a lot of time wastage after the first game. The players seem to, at every set, uh, they, they seem to take on fluid, towel off. You know, I would maybe bring in where the players have to change ends around the other side of the court so that they're not, you know, near their seating area where they've got all of their baggage and their their fluids and uh, food and everything. It, it should be continuous play after the first game. Terrific. Mark, it's great to catch up the morning after. I really appreciate it. Well done on all your work throughout the tournament. Uh, it might be 12 months before we talk again. I hope we talk sooner. I hope so. We'll, we'll see you in uh, at AO25. Mark Woodford with a wrap of last night's final. Your thoughts, 0433 98 11 16. 40 Winks temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Melbourne's weather, mostly sunny at top of 28. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify.